Assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome back to Ismo Quarantine Do, the second season of Ismo Muslim Do. I'm your host Ziad Alboy. Today we actually have another Muslim podcast group on the uh, show. Their name is the Modern Skeptics. They have a podcast called To Whom It May Concern. They're a group of four girls from Chicagoland area, and today I have them on to discuss how the pandemic has affected them personally as well as how it's affected their recording. Guys or girls, uh, <laughs> <laughs> can you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself? Hey, Sam. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're super excited to be on your show. No, definitely. I'm so glad that you guys are able to make it. Yeah. So I'm one of the co-hosts of the Modern Skeptics. My name is Malak Ahmed. Um, I'm currently finishing my master's at Midwestern University. I'm a pre-dental student, and yeah. I think that's the gist of who I am. <laughs> you are more than your education. <laughs> um, that was kind of deep. <laughs> but a lot of us introduce ourselves with our education. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in my free time, I play volleyball. I like to hang out with friends. I don't know. <laughs> like long walks on the beach. Who are you is a complicated question. Um, okay. I'm Huayla. I am a resident at Advocate Christ Hospital. Um, I... I'm also currently getting my MBA at UIC, and I also play volleyball with Madak. <laughs> my name is Inara. I am currently getting my master's in social work. For fun, I like to study Islam. I also like to pick up on new hobbies. Currently, I'm doing calligraphy, um, and I like to spend time with family and friends as well. Okay, I feel like we're in a classroom right now. <laughs> First day, you have to intro yourself. Yeah. Um, but I'm Mariam, and currently I'm in my last semester of law school. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the bar gets postponed because of this corona. <laughs> no, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, I like to play volleyball, do this podcast, kind of just read. That's what I like to do, as boring as that sounds. Yeah. No, I'm not me. I love reading as well. We are. That's a little bit about ourselves personally. And we came together to create this podcast because we are four young Muslim women in different areas of study and in work. And we just felt that a lot of times we were caught in certain situations that are, we kind of felt like we were alone or that nobody else understood what we were going through or our media presentation wasn't proper or it wasn't enough. And we kind of just got sick of hearing what everyone else thought that Muslim women mm-hmm. should be doing or how we should be portrayed. So we kind of decided to have these table talks to just get our ideas out there to, for anybody that's listening, to kind of let them know also that you may have found yourself in the same situations, same sticky situations for the most part. And this is how we kind of went about it, whether it be right or wrong. We kind of, you know, discuss those ideas and just portray a picture of what it actually means to be a Muslim woman in today's day and age. Yeah, I think, you know, I've been listening to you guys for a while. I think since last year, I knew a few of you before the podcast started. So when you guys started, I was able to, you know, bring it to my attention. Hamda, it's been really great, you know, just hearing you guys' perspectives on different topics. What I really enjoy about the podcast is you guys have a really good, you know, chemistry with each other. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with that you guys record in person. So that helps out a lot. And so during this quarantine time when, you know, we're told to kind of stay in our own homes, like kind of social distancing, have you guys navigated that? Have you guys still like been able to come together in some aspect? What what like workarounds have you guys done? So for the most part, because we're not that big of a group, we still have we still were able to come together and still record in person. Um, but in general, I think 
we're just a little bit more cautious and cognizant of how we are with each other. And I Mm -hmm. think it also helps that we have our own recording area. So we're not, we don't need like a public studio to go and record. So those closing haven't really affected us, alhamdulillah. We keep our chairs distant from one another. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I think that's really important. I see a lot of people, you know, who do use studios of some type outside of their own home, like, that makes it a little bit harder. And I think a lot more of people like recording at home in terms of podcasts is going to start popping up during this time when you can't go to a studio or go to some place to record. Um, and so I think hopefully people will forgive the quality if it has taken down for some people. I've always recorded at home or, you know, wherever we can find. So it hasn't really mattered for me. <laughs> Much more convenient. Definitely. Uh, but, you know, aside from the podcast, how has it personally affected y'all? It seems that a lot of y'all were in school and some of y'all were even in your last, you know, years of school. So how's the pandemic really hit y'all with graduation coming up and, you know, kind of like the next steps of everything? So for me, I hate to say this because it kind of happened at a good time because I was, I was burnt out from my current schedule with like school, work, interning. Like I was waking up at 6 a.m., having to come home at 8 p.m. and work and full nighters. So I was like really exhausted. I do kind of wish it was just my spring break that happened and it wasn't the whole like pandemic, but it came at a time where I'm just like, I was, I needed this break, but not the negative effects of this break. Um, But in the meantime, I've been keeping myself really busy. I am an introvert, so I love being home and I've been picking up like on new hobbies. Um, Like I've been, you know, learning how to calligraphy and how to hand letter and stuff like that. I also enjoy all these like new live streams that are happening on, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all these Islamic lectures um, and reading books and spending time with my family. So all of those things that, you know, just focusing on the good things that are happening, I feel like have helped me um, during this time. I think what's so crazy about this time is it feels like the whole world literally was put on pause. Mm -hmm, Like everyone just had to go home. It wasn't just the United States. It was the whole world at large Mm -hmm. where you have people isolating themselves. And that's, that was such a shock to the system. Mm -hmm. I feel like the world kind of needed it. I know this is horrible to say because people are dying and, but I feel like a lot of people were on autopilot in their lives Mm -hmm. and this gave them a chance to like a forced stop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, what I think, or sorry about that. Yeah, uh, no, I was gonna say, what I think is really interesting when you guys are talking about, you know, how like everything's kind of put on pause. It, I think a lot of people when I've been having conversations with them is that some people feel bad, like kind of seeing this as a blessing, right? Like it's always like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we know this is a bad thing. You know, globally people are suffering, but for many people it's become like some type of opportunity or some type of blessing in disguise just because they're able to have, you know, whether it be like, you know, just put a pause on stuff or like really, reorganize their lives for many people they're taking this opportunity because we're all at home like we're forced to be there um you know we're forced to be inside they're just taking this opportunity to like kind of look at whatever benefits they can um but at the same time i know a lot of people feel guilty like oh like even though i am like you know seeing the good side we know that there is suffering happening yeah i think it's also given us a chance to be more appreciative of our daily routines and our mundane tasks so I mean, I know from before we hated getting up and going to school and attending classes or work or anything that we had to do every day. But now that, like Mariam said, we were on a forced pause, it's kind of like we can't wait to get back into normal routine. And we really want to get back to schools and work and just kind of having some semblance of normalcy, I guess, to our lives. 
it's funny because all you guys are talking about how for you guys it's kind of put on pause and on hold. But for me as a healthcare provider, it's the complete opposite. If anything, my stress levels and all the changes that are happening have kind of like revved up. Um, so now working at the hospital has been a lot more difficult and just the tension in the hospital has been a lot more. Um, and it's mostly because so many changes are happening at such a quick pace. It's hard to keep up with. And there's like all these studies and all these treatments and they're all experimental. And it's like we're seeing from like firsthand the effect of the disease on these patients and then how it's affecting the health healthcare system like firsthand. Um, so if anything, like my work has probably just significantly increased, even though like a lot of other people, like you guys are all talking about mm -hmm. how it's like decreased. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things I found with especially like healthcare providers right now, it's how careful some people are being like, I know some doctors who have like stopped like going into their own houses. Like I was reading a story about someone who was just sleeping in his garage. Like voluntarily he did that just because he wanted zero interaction with his family, just because like he was on that front line and he didn't want to risk it at all. Yeah. Um, so it's been yeah really crazy, I think, with the healthcare system, how everyone's been like tackling it. For you, has there been any uh, problems with like supplies at your hospital, like, you know, trying to get whatever is required? So it's funny because the hospital administration will always say, no, we're not locking any sort of supply. But at the same time, we're using the PPE or the personal protective equipment incorrectly. So mm. typically, we're supposed to use the mask once and throw it out after the first use because technically it's been contaminated and you're not supposed to use it afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, but in order to prevent any shortage, we've been reusing the masks and the gowns um, so that we don't run out. Mm. Yeah, I know one of the... Actually, the first episode of the season, we had a group on uh, called Med Supply Drive, and like their goal was trying to get medical supplies that are sitting, you know, stagnant in places like medical schools or even like tattoo shops or veterinarians to like the hospitals that need them, just because they're like, look, all these supplies aren't going to be used for the next few months. Like, might as well donate them to the people yeah, who yeah. need them. So yeah. hopefully, you know, like in Chicago, they're able to like get something going and get y'all some more supplies so that it can be a little bit. I think less worry about shortages. Yeah, and there have been. We've had um, either like physicians or different organizations and companies donate medical supplies as well as like food and snacks and just things to kind of keep or support the hospital and the staff in general. And it's honestly been so refreshing and so nice to see these people donating all the stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times they'll write like messages like keep going or thank you so much for everything you do. And oh, honestly, wow. those little messages just, they cheer up all of us and they make mm -hmm. our day. So we we definitely appreciate it on the inside. Yeah, it definitely showed the humanistic side of people. Yeah. Like it bought back humanity in a certain sense. It reminds me of that quote where death makes the whole world kin. So everybody's kind of being super empathetic with each other, mm -hmm. super understanding about people's situations. I know me for my online classes, the teachers are being really relaxed about attendance, understanding that you may be at home with a bunch of other people. You may be not able to participate by turning your mic on because there could be a lot of voices around. So they're trying to be really understanding of your situation. Yeah, even for me, for school, they've knocked down some assignments. They've reduced the amount of like essays you have to do or they got rid of an exam. So they've been really helpful in like understanding. Yeah, and like reducing the amount of work we have, which is really nice. I'm like, yep. 
<laughs> Your 25-page paper got knocked down three pages. Yeah, my teacher knocked down my 25 pages because I'm like, how am I going to do this? It's going to be due the first week of May, and I have all these other essays. And she's like, you know, guys, I think it's, I think we should change it to three pages, and you could just elaborate on your midterm essay. And I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, I like the way great. you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see everybody on the group. You're like, yeah, this is great. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Everyone's quick to hop onto that because, That's you know, a people, big difference. Yeah, and they do appreciate when you have, less pressure and less responsibility because even though school is a big part of our lives, it's not the only thing going around. Mm-hmm. You know? And also it's very hard to separate work and home life when you have to do it at home mm-hmm. because there are different things when you're in the home, you feel like it needs to take priority. Yeah, like you can't just look at the laundry or the sink filled with dishes or like everybody's complaining mm-hmm. about being hungry and you're not going to go do these things especially versus if you're at school, you're away from that environment. Yeah. Especially if you're a parent and you have young kids, like I know my sister, you know, she has a three-year-old and it's really hard for her to tune in into her program when, you know, my, mm-hmm. you know, my niece isn't going to stop or she's going to still want to talk or yeah. want her mom to play. So it's, it's hard for moms and dads who are still going to school as they have young ones at home. Yeah, what I've noticed with a lot of the school discussion as well is a lot of schools are turning to like pass fail um, and offering it as like some some schools are offering it as mandatory, like all classes, no matter what, are going to be pass fail. And some are offering it as optional. Um, Mm -hmm. What are your schools doing and what do you guys think is like the better route in terms of like mandatory versus optional pass fail like implementation? Well, my law school did a mandatory pass fail. So this semester, everyone's doing pass fail on the first time. Um, I heard of that. I was kind of upset. I'm not going to lie. Because this is my last semester. I took all easy classes to ensure like, that I get A's and get that big GPA boost. And now I'm like, okay, forget it. It's, it's fine. For freshmen, the first years need um, some help. So we're going to give them that and give them a pass fail. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what So I'm how saying. does the pass fail like affect GPA? Or does it just not like no, take into consideration? Yeah, yeah, all. It's oh, okay. You pass, you get the credits established, and you could still graduate. I like what my college has done. One, you have the option whether you want to do pass-fail on any of your class. And two, automatically, let's say I didn't decide to do pass-fail, but if I get a C, it will automatically pull on my report card as if I passed. So they won't Mm. actually have that C or I don't think I'll pass my class if I get a C. I'm in my, my master's program. Yeah. But if I can, they'll get, they'll pass you and it won't affect your GPA at all. So mine, and I think it's specific to my college. I don't, like the, the social work college, because Kuala, you're also I'm doing at, the MBA yeah. at UIC and I have not heard of anything past bill, but I also am ignoring <laughs> emails at this point. <laughs> that could have changed and I just haven't heard. No, my master's program has not done anything like that, honestly. We're literally smooth sailing the way we've been doing it. Like, I don't really feel like they've taken a backseat on anything because even before the whole lockdown and the quarantine, they would upload lecture videos and, you know, Mm. already we had that ability Mm -hmm. to learn that way. So this really, the only difference now is mandatory attendance discussion posts or exams online, but grades are the same. I don't feel like they've really stepped back. I hate the Zoom system. (laughs) I have to participate more now than I did in class. Because yeah. they're at in these breakout sessions that they do now where mm-hmm. they throw people in. And in my antitrust class, before I, you know, you could go on Facebook while when he's going through a boring section. Now I can't do that. Yeah. He tries to unmute <laughs> my mic at random times to make oh sure I'm God. still there. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah, one of the things I would see the discussion was a lot of people were worried that if it was like optional, then when you're come time to like apply to places, 
it'd be either you showed that you got like good grades or they knew like, oh, if you took the pass fail route that you weren't doing good, right? So they're like, oh, it should be mandatory because, you know, we want it to be fair. We don't want it to be like only the people with good grades didn't do it. But then some people were like, no, but it shouldn't be mandatory because, you know, what if you're doing well? You don't want, you want us to have that GPA boost and stuff. Yeah. It's funny because my school, before they implemented the mandatory pass-fail system, sent out a survey um, uh, for all the students, for only the law school students. And they got 10,000 replies back on the survey. Wow. So they're like, we know you're taking it multiple times to try and skew. <laughs> <laughs> like, we know we don't have 10,000 students in the law school. That's so funny. Yeah. But that's smart of them to pull out, or to send out a survey instead. So yeah, they like, know what, what do you their want people want. Um, mm-hmm. I see that, the conflict, though, about schools, because I know my sister's undergraduate university, they give them the option to do pass-fail or to, like, get graded the normal way, but their advisors are telling them, like, yes, we understand there's lockdown and everybody's under pandemic, so pass-fail may seem like the better option, but in terms of applying to graduate schools, they may want to see that you are actually getting graded and that some of your pre-rec classes weren't affected. Like, you were still working your hardest, you were still able to get A's and B's, whatever grades they're looking for, so. I'm kind of really disgusted by that. Like, how are people <laughs> going to look at you during a time of crisis and then still judge you for that? Like, no, you could have been better. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, because I think one of the discussions that people, like, sometimes miss out is, like, when people are going home, not everyone has, like, the best, you know, learning environment at home, right? A lot of people live with their families. A lot of people, if you're looking at, you know, the whole socioeconomic you know scale some people might not even have proper internet connection mm-hmm. so they might not even be able to turn into a lot of the classes or even download the if it was just like available as a video and stuff so a lot of people would take a big hit just because they're not able to um and then as well as with a lot of people losing out on like jobs and stuff a lot of students who would be working they're not able to do that anymore so they might have to take like more shifts at like the actual like full-time job and so they might not be able to focus as much either so it's like you gotta at least have some compassion for like these students who are thrown into a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. yeah. They also take out the whole domestic violence crisis that has been happening in America these last couple of years, you know, that mm-hmm. people may not have a good home life period where they're thrown into horrible living situations and now they're stuck with their, you know, partners that have been abusing them. I'm not sure if this is true, but they said domestic violence increased ever since everybody's been home. Probably. Yeah. yeah. You're stuck at home. You're going to kill each other? other. I mean, if you're abusive before the quarantine i can't imagine you're not yeah. using the after yeah. effects and, and then it's probably harder for people to like go get help right now yeah yeah in terms of uh for you guys you know recording you said hasn't really been affected you guys are still able to meet up and stuff but how was your guys' families kind of okay with that with you guys still meeting up how have your families been in terms of like strictness i know with like my parents, they weren't really strict at first, but now my mom is like super strict. So mm-hmm. it's been going through some changes. So how have your families been in terms of like, you know, following pandemic, you know, rules? I mean, I guess for us, it's more been like what only a priority stuff. So, you know, either going to the grocery store, podcast is a priority, you know, things that are essential, I guess, that you could do, but I'm not <laughs> going out and hanging out with friends or anything like that. It's been more so just the things that you need to do. Um I know for me, my parents have been super supportive about coming out to record, especially my mother, who is immunocompromised. She just has me, like, take extra precautions, wash my hands, like, 45 times before. (laughs) And, you know, we're not allowed to touch my mother. She has to stand in the corner by herself. (laughs) My dad Lysols everybody's clothes at the door. I don't know if that's effective, but he does it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think um, of my two parents, my father's the one that's really taking it seriously, like, 
he will yeah. not leave the house for any reason. He could probably count on his fingers how many times he's actually left, and ninety five percent of the time my, he waits for Costco to get. My something. dad goes to the grocery store every day. No, <laughs> my dad does not. But my mom, on the other hand, is like complete opposite because she still goes to work. I guess she's considered an essential employee. Or, Mm. still going to the office and doing work and she'll be the one to go to the grocery store and whatnot mm. so it's like complete opposite no my dad is so funny now he's like my dad usually only minimally buys groceries for the house and now he's bulk buying but yeah. like you can tell it's he doesn't really know what to buy <laughs> oh cereal we eat raisin bran we've never eaten raisin bran in our lives <laughs> and now we have 20 boxes so now you will eat. No, my dad bread. was uh, my dad was afraid of pita bread. So he and there's a limit on pita bread. So like yeah. my Arab dad would go to the Arabi store and like you can't pita bread. There's a limit to only two. So he would send my mom to grab some more. <laughs> he rejects the system. Yeah, he was like, we need pita bread. I find that hilarious that like the ethnic stores had like restrictions on like certain things they knew everyone wanted. Like pita bread, all right, we gotta restrict this because everyone's gonna try to like stock up on pita. <laughs> And like typically we'd buy bags and it was fine before, but now with the pandemic, yeah, they just can't cook it fast enough. And it's kind of hard for people that have big families because they're like, "What's two dozen gonna which do is, for a which big is family?" Most out of family. And yeah. that's real for my family. Like when this toilet paper thing, like everybody was running out, my family's like, "No, we really need a lot of toilet paper because we're a huge family. Like yeah. this is not us over shopping. This is yeah. how much we usually get." <laughs> Yeah, I think it'll be interesting coming up with like Ramadan as well. Like, what are things that a lot of mm-hmm. restaurants are going to have to restrict just because a lot of people will be, I think, eating out more or like getting delivery more mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, they're going to be home all day. They don't maybe don't want to cook. Um, and so what is like, is there going to be like restrictions on samosas? Like, okay, only this many for family. <laughs> I'm actually so sad that this like um, isolation is going into Ramadan, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. with Darawiyah, yeah. which used to center me. And that made Ramadan feel like Ramadan. Between like, that and even um, doing Qiyam at the masjid or Fajr at the masjid. Or... And having family gathering and dinners and friend dinners like Azumas in general and we can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, state of Illinois is under lockdown until April 30th. I don't know if they're going to extend it they when may. we get closer. So it may not reach aid, but I think even after lockdown, people are going to be pretty cautious for some time. Like, it's going to be hard to just get back into your normal routine. Even like, after I'm pretty sure I'm going to be afraid. It's going to take me a while for me to, like, trust society again. Or, like, <laughs> trust society. <laughs> uh, yeah. Someone sneezed and we all, like, run. Okay, I mean, I, I mean, I go to grocery stores, but I'm not going to lie. Me and my sister the other day went to buy bikes, but we saw everybody with masks. I've been at home most yeah. of the time. So we finally mm-hmm. went out, and we saw everybody with masks. Like, oh, my masks God, this is real. Yeah. 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 You know, when you're in your home, you kind of, like, forget yeah. that what's going on in the outside. And then when we went, we're like, whoa. We put on our hijabs and became niqabis. Like, we were so afraid. <laughs> but before, we were like, oh, you know. It's- it was more casual. Yeah, yeah. But when you go out there, you're just like, whoa, this is real. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that for a lot of people is not realizing how much society is going to stay changed afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like so much of what we're like going back to quote unquote normal one will take much longer than what people realize. And then it won't be the same normal. Like society is going to fundamentally change just because of how much we're being impacted right now. I think one of the things is going to be like masks. I think masks are going to become more common in the West. Mm -hmm. Like right now they're very common in East Asia, but I think in the West they'll be much more common after this. It'll be just normal walking down the street and everyone is masked up. Well, another thing that's not going to be normal is economically. Yeah. Like, we are taking a plunge. Yeah. And that's not good. 
Like I'm, I'm really scared to see what companies are going to go into bankruptcy or just completely dissolve yeah. in this time span because they weren't expecting this this crazy outbreak. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna add, like all, also all these small businesses that might have to close down and stuff. It's just yeah, because really they're not considered essential. So then, for example, hair salons, nails places i mean that's those are the first things that come to mind they have to close down for months what are they supposed to do mm-hmm. yeah i think so many people in our community especially there are many more entrepreneurial types like especially yeah. like in, in thinking that they see in our community there's a lot of people with small businesses mm-hmm. that are heavily impacted by this so it'll be really interesting to see like where our community goes from there um especially because i think even like the very like the younger people like in our generation a lot of the millennial crowd they have become much more entrepreneurial even than their parents. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of young people, you know, getting into like opening up their own barbershops or opening up mm-hmm. like fresh new restaurants of some type or some doing some, you know, online thing, whether it's like clothing companies and stuff. Um, and some of these are kind of like agnostic to like people being out or not. But once again, people don't also don't have as much money to spend now. So I think it'll be really like crazy to see how much of our community is impacted by this economic downturn. Especially because they were expecting a high because of summer. Usually businesses mm. surge. Yeah. But mm. now they have to, like, yeah. make it through a hard time Try into another hard winter and then get to the next summer. Yeah, I, re- I know that before the official lockdown, I was visiting in Boston. And this is, I think, about the time they have the Boston Marathon. And for them, that's a big economic surge for small businesses, for mm-hmm. Uber drivers, for restaurants. And they typically, I guess, depend on that for this time of year and obviously the boston marathon was canceled due to um, corona and mm-hmm. the uber driver was actually telling us like yeah this is really sad for us because we're expecting this economic surge and now it's not going to be there mm-hmm. you know so it is affecting also i mean people on all scales i guess mm-hmm. yeah i think one of the biggest things that i think corona is definitely going to impact beyond just like economy um is how we socially interact like we talked about like you know mass becoming more common but I think more of those like big type things like marathons and stuff, it's going to take a while before anyone goes back to one or like any type of concert or anything. Just that like any type of event which has a lot of people packed in is going to take a lot for it to come back. And I think a lot of them just won't because so many conferences and so many festivals like survive year to year. And so many of them, I don't think will survive past this year. Yeah. I don't know, though, because my dad was telling me that in his neighborhood that he worked in, someone had a Corona party. <laughs> or a corona quarantine party and like 100 people were there and he's like i just don't understand no. oh my god so like i'm not for sure those part, if festivals will have a problem getting their popular no, but i think up. for like concerts and whatnot i think it's gonna get some it's gonna take some time to get people to trust to go out and be around yeah, especially especially because the outbreak probably won't settle down or at least won't completely go away for a while so even if the lockdown and the quarantine is lifted it's still people are going to be afraid because the disease is still around do you think they're going to still make the lockdown uh, like a lot longer like a three-month lockdown because i don't think people will do it i think people are getting restless yeah i mean so i think i know virginia has already said like until june 10th like they said that like a month ago yeah yeah and so people don't realize we're going into the summer easily they're just going to tell us every 30 days so people don't freak out yeah Yeah. i was gonna say i think um even states like florida california like i think they might have already announced also that they're going into june or they're planning for their lockdown to continue at least until june Mm -hmm. i know trudeau like the prime minister of canada he said that this is the new normal until a vaccine is found 
Which so is that will be for a while. Yeah, I mean they're currently working on one though, which is a good thing, but it won't be released for like another year or two, and they're doing clinical trials on it. Well, yeah, because I know a lot of people like have given that. I've read like so many threads like, oh, it's gonna be eighteen months and stuff. Like that's usually the like typical fast path. But I'm wondering if they're gonna even accelerate it beyond that just because of you know this is a worldwide pandemic and like yeah. we need it to be solved. Yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll try to expedite it as quickly as possible. I mean, imagine life after corona like just being able to say you kind of lived through that or like the different experiences that you had being stuck at home all day or like what people you are doing, doing that now <laughs> i went to i went to jewel i don't know why i was like should i say it's jewel? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> i went to jewel and you know i was shopping there and one guy was walking around and he's like you need to know my name because we're out here we're survivors <laughs> like this was day three into the quarantine <laughs> <laughs> We are no, fighters. But we're honestly saying that, like with the with all the other residents too. Like I can't believe we're actually going through this and like mm-hmm. being a part of it. You yeah, are the you, doctors of the pandemic. No, you know up. when you like take micro or something, and you always hear about yeah. the flu or uh, uh-huh. like the plague. Like this is gonna be written about. People are gonna study this, and it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Like, I live through it. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is, like I've asked older attendings if anything like this has happened before, like with the swine flu or with Ebola and they're like nothing to this degree has ever happened at least in their career and they've been around for a, a while so it's just it's crazy yeah my grandma was like I've never heard of something like this she's like what is happening <laughs> yeah I think you know the closest thing was like that everyone keeps comparing it to is like the Spanish flu uh, but that was like during a time when I don't think they knew what like you know cleanliness was like there yeah. was, like medical standards. So that spread like yeah. super fast and, and killed lots of people. Like technology, getting mm-hmm. doctors to other doctors to say, "Hey, stay in their homes, do this, do that, or wash your hands." Yeah. <laughs> or what are the safety precautions that need to be taken as quickly as possible? But I said I seen this meme, and it was like, "What did you do to save the world during Corona?" I stayed at home and sent memes. <laughs> That's how you save the earth. <laughs> For, so for y'all, what has been like your go-to thing that's kind of kept you sane during this time? I love reading. My reading went up so much, and I'm going to do a 24-hour readathon, which I'm so excited about. Um, I think for me, it's been trying to go out and do something, like some type of activity. So like if I just get out and walk or, um, you know, do some stairs or something, I don't know, but... I just always find myself after being stuck all day doing homework or studying that after an exam, I can't wait to run out and just walk around for 15, 20 minutes just to get myself moving and some fresh air. Yeah, I've kind of changed it up a bit. So I will go walking or running or bike riding. Um, or if I if the weather's bad, you know, Chicago, I will do a home <laughs> video to keep moving. Um, I also cooked. That's not a common thing for me to do (laughs) but I did uh cook um and something that I've been consistently doing is hand lettering or calligraphy so that's been really fun and cool to see how my handwriting has improved and like being able to like write words or phrases nicely I mean it's still in progress I'm not that good but like I've come so far just within like a couple weeks yeah I'm proud of myself so that's what I've been doing I think just making myself feel productive in some way and it's different so like whether it's reading a book or studying or doing homework um or just today actually I started knitting so like just learning new things or just making myself feel productive 
That's pretty awesome. I see that a lot of y'all have been reading, which is really good. I mean, I'm the, I think one of my favorite pastimes has been reading, especially fiction for me. Um, like I even have a Kindle paperwhite. What are some like good book recommendations that you guys are like just tearing through right now? Well, mine are always, nobody's really interested in the books I read because they're more, <laughs> they're more like health psychology books. Um, one book I finished is called The Whole Brain Child. It's about, you know, because I've interned with um, children and kids that are younger. So that's one book that I always wanted to complete to understand like children and how to connect with them and understanding them. And, you know, when they have tantrums and yeah. stuff like that. So my books are always like more knowledgeable. They're not really just like an easy read. It's more like note taking kind of read. I try to switch up what I read. So I go like fantasy, mystery, nonfiction, just, you know, to keep my life exciting. <laughs> um, but one, honestly, I've been reading a lot of three out of five books, which kind of disappointed me. So like I rate three as like, I wouldn't recommend it to someone, but I won't necessarily, like it wasn't bad. It just wasn't memorable. Mm-hmm. But one book that I did really like, and it's a kid's book, but, you know, it was amazing. <laughs> the Little Prince. I finally got around to reading that. And reading it as an adult and kind of analyzing it was really beautiful. I love all the messages that they were saying. Yeah, Mariam, you would share with me a few quotes. And I'm like, man, that is some deep stuff. Yeah, like, it's a kid's book. <laughs> was, is it a big book? No, it's like 80 pages. And most oh, of it is pictures. It? Yeah. So, <laughs> that one. Um, but I also... Um, did like the outsider by Stephen King is that the one about like the lady who goes back in time no that's um one where it's kind of like if you like paranormal you can get into it um that was my first intro to him as a writer and I like his writing but I didn't really like the story so I gave it a four out of five (laughs) yeah Um, yeah I think the last book I read was one I took from Maria. <laughs> it was um, Woman in Cabin 10. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty good one. That's more of a thriller mystery book, though, like about a cruise ship and a murder and her as a journalist trying to figure out what happened. But that was actually a pretty good read, and it had a twist that I didn't expect. Yeah, So I, I gave that it. a 4 out of 5, too, though. <laughs> I read um, Moonwalking with Einstein, which is more of a like how to improve your memory book. But I really, really enjoyed that book. Like, it was also kind of comedic in the way it was trying to teach you something. I gave that a five. That means everybody should read it. Mariam just needs to make a reading list for all of us. Do it. Yeah, create a booktube too, Mariam. A (laughs) booktube. I will never get around to doing that. You guys should just have a Modern Skeptics, like, book group. Like, do, like, a book of the month every month and just, like, discuss it and, you know, read with everyone. Me and Malak tried to do that on our own (laughs) once. We got two weeks in and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure we do it like with the with the podcast. Yeah, it could be fun. Oh, we could do like a Zoom group. You heard it here first. Is <laughs> 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 Muhammad quarantined though? Is Mo quarantined? Is Mo? Is Mo? <laughs> I went. I wanted to say Muhammad because <laughs> is it Mo? <laughs> No, definitely. Uh, well, Hamza, I mean, I'm really glad that you guys were able to come on the show. You know, JazakAllah Khair for making time. It's been a real treat talking to y'all. Um, now's the time for you guys to, you know, just plug any of the social media or anything that you guys want to shout out for the audience to follow. We're pulling it up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are you doing during this quarantine time? You never answered. Oh, uh, no one's really asked me that yet, but I usually just say it anyways. (laughs) Um, So I work as full-time as a civil engineer, and so most of my work is just like computer drafting. So I've been really easily able to transition to work from home. Um, 
And then my wife is a teacher, so she's been, they just switched to Mm e-learning. So it's both of us have just transitioned to working from home. Um, And then other than that, just kind of, you know, doing podcasting, doing a lot more reading, uh, watching watching a lot of the movies and TV shows I've missed on. Um, So it's been pretty good for me. I'm pretty like easily able to handle kind of being inside all day. Like I can go a weekend of just like watching TV or like anime and like not really (laughs) care. (laughs) Whereas like my wife is like, yo, I need like two walks a day type of person. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um okay so i mean first and foremost thank you for having us on your show it was this is a new experience for us the modern skeptic so it was really fun and i mean hopefully we'll collaborate in the future again no definitely um but we you can find us on instagram facebook twitter at our handle is at the modern skeps and we actually also post our chant our episodes on youtube so you can find us on youtube also under the modern skeptic all right well jazakallah so much for coming on the podcast it's been really awesome having y'all jazakallah to the audience for tuning in i hope you enjoyed the episode inshallah we'll have another one out in a few days as always i'm your host Yadadbo, and you can find me at zbhoy or at immtcast thank you